You are listening to Facts of Faith on the Station of the Year. All right. Not exactly 12 minutes after 7. Let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order. We do have uh, uh, Mkulu Nzingi, CEO of the Zinzi Mandela Foundation, Kemet historian, a student of the Credo Mutua African philosophy, co-founder of the Kemet African Royal Calendar joining us on the line uh, Mkulu Nzingisa good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us Mkulu Nzingisa can you hear me? Yes Mkulu Nzingisa Ah, Nzingiza. Thank you very much. I'll correct that on my side. I'll correct that. Thank you very much Mkulu Nzingisa Right, also we do have on the line, he's no stranger to the program, he's a friend and he's a theologian, a Muslim theologian, he is uh, Sheikh Yusuf Bosman. Sheikh, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, my Good evening to the listeners. Thank you very much. And also here with me from our Bloemfontein studios, another friend. This is Pastor Trejong Guna of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He's given us some perspective. He is a deconstructionist. The first time he introduced himself to me, he introduced himself to me as a deconstructionist. He's a systematic, systematic theologian. He comes to us with all the wealth of knowledge and he's pursuing his PhD in Christology. My goodness, man is good. Big work. Good evening to you, Pastor, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, sir, and good evening to all the listeners. Thank you for having me. Let's jump in, gentlemen, and I do wish for Mkulunzingiza um, um, can give us some perspective first, give us the idea behind what we're talking about. We have one faith that has outlived time and season, and this is the African faith. In spite of the fact that this faith is not written down it still has stood the test of time we still have people practicing his faith but we still need to hear from him as a practitioner in the faith can your faith mkulu exist without any text or textual conventions uh, firstly Kesha, it is written in our dna also ah, i like that what <laughs> There is what is called genetic memory. Okay, okay. Right? So therefore, it's from, it's from knowing that this in three dimensions. There is the causal plane, there is the etheric plane, as well as the physical plane. Uh, this is African philosophy. It believes not only on things that have already manifested, but it believes on the causal plane. Because the, 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 the physical manifestation is the effect. The causal is in the spirit. So therefore, our DNA, all the knowledge that our ancestors had, you know, and the new about life itself. And uh, it is, uh, you know, not right to say that the uh, Africans don't have, uh, you know, documents of or the canon of their spirituality. We were the first people 
to document all these, uh, you know, spiritual signs. We don't just believe on things, uh, you know, for the sake. We don't believe we know spirituality is signs. So, therefore, whatever we do, it's informed. We have uh, what is called the African, rewritten it and called it the Kemet African Royal Calendar. This is one of the foundations of our spirituality. Because when you're talking about spirituality, you are talking about the sun and the moon, which have formed the electromagnetic field of Earth that makes everything live. Science, we knew, we, we, we got it from our ancestors. Then there's the calendar. The calendar, it is the movement of our planet around the sun. It, uh, you know, makes it stop um, at different stations at different times because our movement around the sun moves in degrees. So, therefore, it makes certain energies prevalent at a particular time. So, therefore, we have the oldest text words, you know, spiritual science of African Mkulu, people. Mkulu, forgive me, I, I'm struggling to hear you because you keep dipping in and out. I don't know what the matter is. I'm going to ask Lyle to try and see if we cannot get you on a clear line. Them do. Let's work on having Mkulu Nzingiza on a clear line so that he doesn't dip in and out because we need to hear him consistently. While we're still trying to get that through uh, uh, to sort out Mkulu's line, I want us to get um, a shake uh, to give us his perspective Sheikh, um, we're talking about um, faith traditions. Just, just a minute there, Mkulu. We need to get you on a clear line. We're unable to make up what you're saying. Um, we need to hear you. Um, uh, Sheikh, are we able, can, can these faith traditions exist without being textual? Does the text form, or is it necessary to have a written text for a faith tradition to exist and be sustainably existent throughout the ages? Um, first and foremost, I must thank this opportunity. Uh, it is quite a complex uh, um, topic that you have chosen. But then um, I will go back and narrate from the Quran because my source of reference is the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in the Quran if we start and analyze that first sentence, which is, is found in the chapter An-Nahal, which is uh, the end in chapter 36, Allah says that uh, for every nation or community, we have sent a messenger. Now, the, the teachings of the traditions of Prophet Muhammad upon him are telling us that uh, the total amount of messengers uh, and prophets that were sent to the world are 124,000. Now, with that being said, not all of them have the recordings that we may say are in place. Because um, we know for a fact that um, we are living in a, in a wider world, whereby 
if we take the Abrahamic faith uh, put together, um, its its history or its uh, essence, it's in one specific location, which is Middle East. Now, what happened to somebody who is in the Amazon, who is not from the Middle East? Hence, Allah gave us an answer and said, in every nation we have sent a messenger. But now, based on my belief from the one who has the background of the Abrahamic faith, I have to now look according to what God Almighty demands of us as a human. Because naturally, uh, every child that is born doesn't get to be taught as to who is God. But instincts of the child tells the child that I have a creator who has made me, besides the mother that I came out from. And this creator deserves a worship. It is when now they don't get the guidance, then some get to mold the creator in the manner that their mind tells them how the creator is. So, Sheikh, you said something that I'm not quite sure. Which, which, which surah were you referring to, Annal? Annal. Uh, chapter 36. Isn't that 16? Isn't Nahal, Nahal 16? No, I'm saying there. Sorry, the verse is 16. The, the verse that I recited in, in Nahal is verse 16. What I'm, what I'm bringing to your attention, Sheikh, is um, uh, Surah An Nahal is the 16th Surah. Uh, I suppose, yes, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. So which verse in, in, in An-Nahar would you want us to read? Verse 16, is that the ayat you want us to read? No, verse, verse 36. 36, all right. Yes. All right. Permit me to read it from, from the, the translation that I have, and you can confirm if the translation that I have here is giving us the correct one, because you know it in Arabic, and I don't know Arabic, so I'll read it in the English translation. Is that okay, Sheikh? Yes. I just read the first phrase of the sentence. I didn't read the whole... Uh, All right, I'm going to read the whole thing because we are, we are okay. not scholars like you, so we need we need some context. It reads, and this is uh, Surah 16, it's titled An-Nahal, and uh, the verse or the ayat is 36. And we certainly sent into every nation a messenger saying, Worship Allah and avoid Taghut. And among them were those whom Allah guided, and among them were those upon whom error was deservedly decreed. So proceed through the earth and observe how was the end of the deniers. Full stop. That's it. Full stop, yes. Is, is no, that you, translation you correct? Right. Yes, okay. it correct. I have a problem with that there, Sheikh, because you have just told us now that as far as Allah is concerned, he has sent people, and this ayat is telling us that Allah has sent people who are going to guide us and those who are going to misguide us. Okay. We're so good. So effectively, we, we can therefore rely on, if we're relying on the Quran, we must know that there are people who are going to be leading faith communities who are going to be misguiding those faith communities. Wherever they have been sent, they have been sent purposely to misguide people. Now, uh, if I were to take you from that aspect, okay, uh, if you heard me properly when I was trying to explain that verse, yeah. I said that uh, the criteria that we will use, it is that which he demands of us. Yeah. in order to judge their title. 
it, it is that which is demanded of us, I put that in quote, as okay. Abrahamic faith, which is to have one deity. So if the instincts of the person who hasn't met anybody that preaches or propagates the Abrahamic faith are telling him that I have one God that I have to worship. Okay. And this one God that I worship, I cannot see him with the eye, but I can only understand his greatness through what he has created around me, including okay. myself. Okay. Now, if we use that as a guideline, then those people who do not have the book are guided. But the one who will take the opposite of what I just explained yeah. and start creating something in substitute of what is mind telling, yeah. then that is the one that is misguided and the verse is also speaking of. Okay. All right. Let's bring in uh, Pastor Nguna. Uh, Pastor Nguna, you're listening uh, to your contemporaries in the panel. Um, you also come from a faith tradition that has a text, and your text, interesting enough, is a combination of the Jewish text, the Torah, and the Christian text, which they call the New Testament, compounded together. They have the Bible as we have it, the 66 sure. books. Mm-hmm. That's your faith tradition. Yeah. Is it because you don't believe your faith tradition can exist, or can any faith tradition exist successfully without the text? Um, my view is that um, when the object of our religion or let me start let me say every religion has an object of worship or reverence of sorts Mm -hmm. um and that particular object and i'm using the word object very loosely um or subject or being Mm -hmm. or supreme being um needs to have a way of communicating yeah with his people okay with the world um and as such um that being chooses how he communicates with the world mm. um in the christian tradition um we have a biblical text we've not always had a biblical text um as far as christianity is concerned from its inception we've always had um the oral a text. torah um, and I'm saying from its inception, from Christ. Let's say okay. from the resurrection from the of Christ, of, okay. yeah, from the time of Christ, All right. up to date. Yeah. Um, we have always had some form of sacred text. Yes. Acknowledging that the first portion of our text, yeah. Um, which is the Tanakh, I believe, um, in in the Jewish tradition, Correct. would form part of that sacred text. Yes. And through that, um, we are able then to say we've got scriptures from our god right so um i would be interested to know how does the being of that we worship communicate and how does he transfer this entire system of faith without a text where has he has he left it for us or where has she left it for us if there is no text Uh, it has to be inscribed somewhere and by text, I'm sure we don't just mean paper, whether it's on a rock, whether it's on some DNA of creation, it needs to be inscribed somewhere. Um, and as such, I believe every religion needs to have uh, some form of a text 
or some writing of sorts. But you just said right now from this that it has not always been there. Yes. Before Moses wrote the Pentateuch, there was no Pentateuch. Mm -hmm. There was no Torah. Mm -hmm. Before Moses, the existence of Moses himself, mm -hmm. before him, mm -hmm. there was no Torah. Mm -hmm. So was there no faith? Did the Hebrews not have a relationship? Did this Hebraistic God not communicate with his people? Because there was no text then. Okay, he he did he 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 did. Yeah. Um. And, and how though, did he do that? Though there was no text. Yeah. It's funny how when he encounters Moses. Yeah. Part of the things that he, this biblical God yeah. that we are talking about. Yeah. Part of what he does is, when you come to meet me, come with some stones. I need to do some form of writing some way but that was not the first account of course his, it's not his the first, first account, account was just the burning bush and then he sent him with the rod and yes. the miracles and there was no text yes the text comes after much has been happening between yes. him and moses yes after moses met this deity he then met with his brother aaron and then his sister miriam and then they all went to the hebrews and the hebrews some rejected them all of this mm -hmm. happened and his rejection goes back to God and then he goes to Pharaoh Ramesses. Yes. All of this is happening. Correct. There's no text. Correct. The ten plagues happen, no text. Yes, correct. They are sent out of Egypt, no text. Correct. They have experiences with the Red Sea, no text. That's correct. They pick up stones from the Red Sea, they cross the Red Sea, no text. Mm -hmm. Every experience of the water, the bitter water, and all of these things, yep. no text. First time it is written down on the stones mm -hmm. is the Ten Commandments. Sure. When Moses goes up to the mountain and leaves them down there and yep. he delays. Yep. That is the first time I we understand. see text. I understand. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. what, do we not recognize all that existence of that faith tradition without text? Should we nullify it purely because now he went to Ar no, it's not Ararat. What is the Mount Sinai? He went to Sinai and came back with the two tablets of stone, which he broke later and went, all that. I understand. Uh, do we nullify the existence of that faith? Surely we can accept that faith can exist without the text because we see with the Hebraic God, uh, yeah. he existed without a text. Yes. In fact, um, um, God's existence, or at least from our scriptures, what yeah. we read is that um, your first your first approach to God yeah. is not text. Yes. Your first approach to God is faith. Yes. The belief that first and foremost, there is a God that actually exists yeah. that's out there. Yeah. Who is the creator of the universe. Yes. And the very universe or the earth we are in. We need faith to first and foremost believe that it was created the way that it was yeah. it was created. Yeah. So the Christian religion yeah. begins with faith. It yeah. starts with faith. Yeah. Then from faith it moves to text. But our right? question for tonight is yes. it's exists it can exist without the text, right? A system of faith or religion. Christianity can exist. No, Christianity cannot exist without a text. What about uh, Judaism that you 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 fought for? Because Christianity did not exist, quite frankly, up until uh, um, uh, oh, I forgot the place now. Yeah. Um, uh, where they were first called Antioch. Antioch. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So we did not have the existence of a group called Christians. Correct. Uh, before Antioch, yep. the group existed, but they were not called Christians. Yes, yeah? correct. But the very same people. During Jesus' time, mm -hmm. they read from the Old Testament, yes, Jewish scriptures yes. or Hebrew scriptures, yes. And before they 
existence of the Hebrew scriptures, mm-hmm. the faith existed without the Hebrew scriptures. We've just agreed now that before Moses, who started writing things yeah. down, the Hebrew faith existed without the writing down of the faith. Yes, but it was not as it was not organized religion as well, we have them today. We're we're really not talking about organization right, right now, yeah. Vanessa. We're talking yeah. about the relationship between a deity and his creation. Yes. His subjects. Yes. That relationship can exist as Umkulun thing is I was suggesting there that mm-hmm. it's in our DNA. We mm-hmm. don't really need a text. Perhaps he has a point. I'll I'll simmer into that idea for a moment. <laughs> okay. I'll simmer into that idea. Let me organize my thoughts. Okay. Uh, do we have Mkulu back on the line? Yes, Mkulu, you were making a point and because we couldn't hear you well, um, um, we had to put you down. Come back now. Finish your point. Go ahead. Okay. What I wanted to say is that uh, you know, it's a lie that we don't have a text. Uh, because we are the first people to actually write these the scientific spiritual matters. Okay, okay. He wrote, uh, you know, uh, when you go all over the continent, you know, you go into caves. There is a, you know, spiritual text there. You go into into chemists, uh, what okay. is called Egypt. It's written on walls. Yeah. Meaning Africa has the, the, the largest volumes of text. Okay. About uh, you know life in general. So we're yeah. the first people. There is a book that uh, you know is the foundation of all religions. You know people must just do their research. It's called the Book of Coming Forth. That a book white people call it the Book of the Dead. Okay. There is also what you call the Hermetica, the okay. sign, you know, um, uh, of uh, African spirituality. Then uh, there is what is called the calendar. The calendar, you know, interprets the relationship between the sun and moon. That uh, creates the electromagnetic field on Earth. That makes everything live. So African, uh, you know, spirituality is nature-centered. So meaning that the calendar is the foundation of everything because what we call spirituality we are then understanding as an example now in the african calendar before we, we, we before we get into the calendar Mkulu, i'm just worried about something that you quoted there you said um africans were the first people to write is that scholarly correct because oh, i, no. I because the me- correct. We, we we are told also that writing Actual writing started in Mesopotamia in, in what, 5500 BC? Nah. You, we, you know, our oldest, oldest text that, is, you know, gives us the foundation of, uh, you know, African spirituality is over 35,000 years old, which is called the Shabaka Stone. And the Shabaka Stone, he's the one. Who, who made sure that, uh, you know, because it was written on, uh, you know, papyrus as well as, uh, you know, yes. uh, E. Kumba. Usha Baka then uh, wrote it, in, you know, on stone to, to, to preserve that information. It's over 35,000 years. The oldest, uh, you know, carving of an ank in the world it's here in South Africa. And the ang represents life, and ang represents the binary system 
of zeros and ones. So this is African spiritual science. So we're the first one, then you must look at a, what is called a book called The Stolen Legacy by George James. It tells you that the Africans yeah. are, the, are the people that civilized the world. All right. Pythagoras and all these people came to learn here. In Egypt. You know, we taught them everything that they know. Now let's let's get to the, the, the nub of our conversation then, Mkul. All of that yes. which was written, whether we are claiming, and I have no problem with that claim for now, whether we're claiming that uh, writing began in Africa or not, was that writing the writing of the faith tradition that we are now observing? For example, in South Africa, we have so many traditions, faith traditions, that seem or appear to be venerating the one and the same African deity, but in practice, they are disparate in every way, shape or form. You could find in the same uh, Zulu tradition, but you'll find that uh, uh, whether it is, is, you put Izangoma, 10 of them here, and they're supposed to give a diagnosis of a situation or give a, 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 a prophecy, I'm using words that are commonly known, Mkolo, you can give me the most correct ones. But if they're going to be giving a prophecy, they'll all give a totally different prophecy on the very same situation. And therein lies the question, does that writing translate to a consistency of authority? Do they carry the authority of the faith traditions? Or is it the writing that was in the kemetic way of life there in North Africa and here? In the rest of Africa, this, that writing does not have anything to do with our faith traditions. Oh, no. Uh, remember when colonization made us leave, you know, or, 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 or you know, um, we lost a lot of, you know, in knowledge system. As an example, Intuaso. Intuaso is no longer giving you a comprehensive picture of the African spiritual science. Why? Because the three practices are in the north. Remember what civilization started here. It was uh, then, uh, you know, uh, it reached its epitome in northern chemists. It was refined in northern chemists. So this is where all of us were assembled, you know, when we were writing this text. That's why he lent to the northern part of the continent, Ibizwa. It was overly populated by Africans. So therefore, when colonization happened, we lost all of that information because we were now on the run. So when we let the deer... Hold on, Mkul, hold on. How do we lose something that is in our genetic memory? No, no, no. In terms of... uh, Remember that when you are colonized, the colonizer starts dealing with your mind where you it 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 then uh, you know put in that self doubt because it replaces a reality with what uh, you know they call um, um, uh, psychological uh, you know subversion meaning to they gave us the truth according to them but I'm, t- I'm talking about what you said to us there, Mkulu. You said at the beginning, it's in our genetic memory. We, yes. we, d- we don't need it written in any, any papyrus, in any paper. It's in our genes. And the, oh, colonizer no, can, can, the colonizer can colonize the mind all he likes. If it's in our genes, our memory do not change our genetic makeup. That is why some of us are remembering now. If you look at the uh, consciousness uh, among black people, people are remembering 
it's, it's because of that genetic memory. It has been activated among the people. We are able to interpret what Okokobetu left for us. Though some of us who have been enlightened by people like Ubabu Credo, who gave us the light to be able to interpret these spiritual matters. So, it is genetic memory. For all these years, we have forgotten. How did we forget it, Mkulu? That's what I'm trying to establish from you. How do we forget it? Something in our... Colonization, when the colonizer came here, they dealt with your mind. By yes, not the genes, them, Kulu. Eh? They, they may have altered our way of thinking, but they cannot. There is no way they can alter the genetic makeup. How no, do you... I agree. There I agree with you, Kesha. That is why I'm saying, Uguchi, now, that, uh, you know, genetic memory has been activated amongst us. You know, to that golden era of the continent, using our ancient text, which is not, uh, you know, tainted uh, by any poison from, uh, you know, Western philosophy. Let's move w- with your train of thought. And by the way, the lines are open in South Africa. We would love to hear what you're saying. You're listening to this conversation. And uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say in the matter. We're trying to establish if, there, if any faith tradition can exist outside the text from which it is based. And seeing that we're having a conversation with Mkulu right now, he's suggesting that the faith tradition of the African spiritual people is in is written in the genetic makeup of the African and therefore uh, that's what we are pursuing now. We'll take a break and come back and when we come back we'll find out if there is any way we could rely on this quote-unquote genetic memory. You're listening to Facts of Faith. You are listening to Facts of Faith on the Station of the Year. Here we go. We're trying to get some perspective on this, and I'm taking your text messages, I'm taking your voice notes, I'm taking your calls. Feel free to call through to the studio and tell us what you think. Can any faith tradition exist outside the text? Mkulu is telling us that it can and it has existed in our genetic memory. And that's what we're trying to drill down to. When we began, he said it's written down. It's not true that it's not written down. And there are other external documents on the walls on the rock art all of those writings speak to our writing capability but our question is not necessarily on our writing capability but writing the text of the faith not the history because the Merneptah stealer is writing the victories of King Merneptah it doesn't speak to the faith we need to understand the faith does the can the faith tradition exist outside the text Mkulu you are still helping us understand if the genetic makeup cannot be altered can we comfortably say it has been dirtied up muddied by people's failing memories what do you think Mkulu Kevin because some of us are remembering this is the point Uh, we are remembering you know, the, 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 the golden era of the continent when our ancestors were on top of these, uh, you know, matters. Because of the strong belief that everything that is, uh, you know, physical is just an effect of the causal plane, 
which is the you know the spiritual uh, you know side of things. Are we relying so, on memory, really, Mkulu? Are we going to base the entirety of African spirituality on people's fallible memories? Because we know. We cannot say we're remembering things that are in our genes. There's no scientific way of proving that. Quite frankly, there is no actual or effectual way of evidence to prove that what we're claiming to be remembering is in actual fact true. No, but uh, even science agrees. You know, that uh, there are so many of these Western times who got what we call Tina, Isambulelo, divine revelation. revelation, right? Uh, these people, uh, these scientists, like this one, uh, that, uh, you know, he was just sleeping, in for, for them to actually be able to resolve some of the questions they were dealing with about his DNA, you know, even, uh, you know, the shape of the DNA, that scientist spoke about divine knowledge. He was sleeping, he received this information, he went to the lab, confirmed it. You There's know, a distinction between divine revelation, Mkuru, and remembering. Your argument is you are now beginning to remember. And my challenge is memory is by definition fallible. It is excruciatingly subjective and it depends on your preference and quite frankly your health. If you have dementia, your memory is wasteful in terms of any accuracy whatsoever. I remember, okay, it's a good thing. We have a you know, subconscious mind as well as, uh, you know, a conscious mind. So you need to, do, you know, uh, uh, you need to understand both the operations. Both are not trustworthy, Mkulu. That's what I'm saying, that both are not trustworthy. trustworthy. They, they have no absolute way of establishing verity. It is trustworthy. You know, the subconscious mind, this is the storage you call the Akashic record because it is linked to the sun. You know, where all the information is stored. This is where, you know, we receive the Sambulelo. When you are an African person, you would understand that a divine inspiration. Uguti even to just come to you without even you understanding this is relevant. Many of the solutions come in that way when you are spiritually in alignment with the okay. Okay, all right. Um, I want to take some calls for you, and then we'll go back to the sheikh and the pastor. Let's go to Zidbabeton, Zakaria. Good evening, Zakaria. Yes, Nailo Pandora. Yes, sir, go ahead. Yes, uh, I am worried about uh, what the elders say, that colonialism is the one who brainwashed us. Okay. But, uh, but uh, Christianity came in Sudan before before colonialism, even before Arabs, even before the second... Uh, Colonial powers, which was uh, Turkey, are taking. Yes. You see. So now I'm worried about what Mokud is saying, because that is not the fact. The British, they came to Sudan after the Turkey, uh, the Turkey people, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they left Sudan or they have no more power to continue with the colonization. Yeah. Yes. And, so, and, and Ethiopia, even, even during Bible times, um, yes, uh, the, the, yes. the, the, it, it came to the Ethiopia during those times. I hear you. I hear you. We'll, we'll put that yes, question so, to the... To so the so, so Bible is full of Africa, Ethiopia, yeah. Sudan, yeah. Libya, <laughs> Egypt. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right. Got it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll, respond to, we'll have him respond to that. Thank you. Ten minutes now before eight, you're listening to Facts of Faith. Let's take a break and come back shortly. You are listening to Naye Lupondwana on the Station of the Year.
All right, we've heard what Mkulu Ntingiza is saying. Let's bring in the Sheikh. Let's bring in the pastor. Sheikh, you're listening to the Mkulu. How would you like to respond? Sheikh Bosman? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, your uh, response from Kulu? Yes, uh, I'm hearing what he says, but you know, I'm also kind of having a, a problem with some of what he is saying. Um, and I like the caller that just called now, uh, yes. who spoke of Ethiopia. And uh, as we all know, that Ethiopia is uh, one of the oldest uh, people of our African people, basically, who are who have been maintaining faith, you know, uh, prior to the advent of the scriptures. Yes. But um, where I have a problem, you see, um, Allah says in the Quran, uh, that uh, uh, Shaitan, which is uh, the devil... Remind, remind us, an- where, which, which, which surah and ayat you're you reading there, um, uh, Sheikh? Yeah, it comes in, in various parts in the, in the Quran, you know. So uh, I, I can't think of hand right now, but in many surahs it it, it, it appears there, you know. But uh, Shaitan has an ability uh, to beautify what you are doing so that it may seem fair in your eyes. Okay. Yeah. So in a way, uh, without the denial of the fact that they could have preserved their religion genetically but at the very same time you know with the passage of time we must know that there is also an opposition to religion which is the devil so the devil henceforth he hasn't stopped working simply because the religion is in the genes the devil will work and try to interfere with that which he claimed of to be in the genes so that is why i'm having a problem there because without the preservation of something that you can always look back to and say, look, I have heard now, I need to rectify, then it becomes difficult. Okay. All right. All right. Let's have uh, Pastor Anguna give a response as well. Then we'll go back to Mkulu to hear how he responds to the caller. Pastor Anguna, your response to the caller and particularly uh, Mkulu and Zingis. Okay. I think... um Particularly to Umkulu, my my problem um, with that can that line of um, argument is the distinction between your consciousness, yes, and your own personal will. At what at what point can he distinguish that this is memory from the days when? ever revelation was placed in his dna and his own personal will how how does he distinguish between between that how does he distinguish between his own ideas and god's ideas or the deity's ideas how how does he uh, what regulates that yes because they all reside in the same subconscious mind yes right so so the same question could be posed to christianity yeah if Christianity begins with faith, how do I regulate faith? How do I know whether I'm in the faith or I'm out of the faith? Mm. Right? So um, I, would, I would say, at least from the scriptures, Christian scriptures, 2 Corinthians 3.16. Okay. Do you want to read it for us? Pat? Yes, I will. Um, all scripture um, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Yeah. 
right? All scriptures. So those would that would be the functionality of the scripture mm-hmm. to to teach, to rebuke, to correct. Without the scriptures, how do you correct? How do you rebuke the things that are happening that we see today yeah. at a cost in other, you know, uh, practices of religion? You mm. mentioned Sangomas. How do we rebuke? When it's, how do we know when a Sangoma is out of line or when it's not out of line? Mm. How do we correct? How do, we, how do they even teach? How do we transfer knowledge mm. without the scriptures, without the text being there? All right. Mkulu, um, the first question that was put to you, which I'd like you to respond to, is... What you're saying is not factually correct because in Africa, um, uh, the text as we have it today, um, at least the Christian text, came before colonization. How do you respond to that? Uh, for, for us, uh, you know, Kesha, Ethiopia is a baby. Uh, the mother place in South Africa or the southern part of the continent. But the colonization only happened in 1652 in South Africa. An example there, you know, we are, we are going back now. The oldest stone calendar in the world. No, 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 Mkulu. No, no, Mkulu. I need you to respond to the question. Ethiopia was uh, uh, never um, uh, colonized. Who said they, that? They sealed their victory at the Battle of Ardua with the Italian. That never happened. But here in South Africa, our colonization happened with the advent of the colonizer in 1652, Jan van Riebeek. Now, the question that he was asking is, there was the text that we're talking about as far as the Christian community or the Judeo-Christian text came to them long before it went down to Sudan, long before the colonizer arrived. So the colonizer came after Sizamva the colonizer the, the the text came first and then the colonizer later to africa in his citing there sudan and ethiopia I need your response to that but uh, th- this is why you are interfering because i'm trying to give the history of what you're talking about i'm trying to give a factual note south africa is the mother place for civilization the stone calendar that is here is older than the stone calendar that is in Egypt. And there is older than the stone calendar that is in Ethiopia. Ethiopia was under the kingdom of Kush. And the Kush gave us what you call northern chemistry, Egypt, today. Mkuru, we're the running out of time. We have two minutes. I need you to respond to the question, sir. But it, that information is a Kush, Ethiopia. It has nothing to do with Christianity. It's talking about the sun and moon. All this thing, Christianity, even their calendar, the 11th of, uh, you know, um, uh, September, is calculated based on, uh, you know, uh, uh, the birth of Jesus. And African people know that, uh, you know, that never existed, that never lived. It's a lie from Constantine. Through okay. the council of Nisier. Okay. people know that. Yeah, but... So, this th- is that's... The of this so you must understand it. That is Here's another question, Mkulu. But you, with respect, Mkulu, you did not respond to what the caller was saying. There's Zakaria okay. put a question, but you didn't respond to it. The information right. that is in Ethiopia comes from here in the south. 
no no I couldn't. Let, let, let me the second question the second question that uh the, the 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 pastor is asking is how do you how do you establish what is fact as far as your your faith is concerned since it is not documented his faith uses the text to rebuke and to correct and to teach how do you rebuke or correct and to teach how do you know when some of your practitioners are out of line if you don't have anything written down to be a standard or a convention there is a you know there is a standard and everything because you see when when you operate from a residue of the colonial mindset you will never understand the African spiritual How you know, do you correct? How do you distur- determine I'm whether somebody is in line? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to give you, because if you need to go, somebody. Let's say I'm going somewhere in your solar. Umoya wam disagrees niyezo ngapara dikuipa. Umoya uvumgu tinge ne langsol. You understand? All right, hold, the, hold that thought. Hold that thought, cool. I have to go to the news. When we come back, I'll give you an opportunity to finish your thought there because we need to have that answer from you. It's 8 o'clock now. It's time for us to go to the news and then we'll come back and give all three of my guests the opportunity to give their thoughts and conclude. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. You are listening to Facts of Faith on the Station of the Year. As we round off Africa Month, You may have noticed that we have taken a stern and a deliberate interest in Africa-oriented stories in the month of May. This is our last um, Sunday in the month of May, the 28th of May 2023, where we have been trying to get a better understanding of who we are as a people and all of the things that we've been trying to get an understanding of. So... We are going to give our guests now the opportunity to give us their concluding remarks. And I'm going to ask Mkulu, um, uh, the question that I had asked before we went to the news is, how do we determine what you are saying is your spirit, between your own feelings and what is Isambulelo, as you had quoted, inspired knowledge or inspired revelation. How do you distinguish between the two since you don't have a text? Mkulu? Can you hear me? I can now, Mkulu. Go ahead. Yes, uh, these are two uh, um, uh, different things. You know, Isambulelo is something that just comes. You know, and uh, if you don't capture that moment, write it down and see how you can implement it and move it forward. Um, uh, besides something that, uh, you know, is stimulated uh, by my thoughts, which activates uh, my feelings, you know, uh, that is, uh, you know, sometimes subjective. So, let Yesambulelo, the divine uh, knowledge that uh, just comes, you know, you can't, uh, you know, easily, because you, there you know of something and that you didn't know before. So this is what uh, we, we, we call it divine, uh, you know, inspirations. What I'm trying to establish is how do we know that is, in actual fact, what you're claiming it is? Um, I can't explain it to you because you've got to experience it yourself. Okay. You know, not something that, uh, you know, uh, I can, uh, you know... Let me give you an example then, Mkulu. If Nayanao goes to Isangoma, for example, 
and I give Isangoma a situation that is bothering me right now. Isangoma here in Bloemfontein, because I'm currently in Bloemfontein. And then Isangoma is going to divine and decide and tell me what is, is the situation according to his divination. And sure. then very same situation, I go to Johannesburg and, and go to Isangoma in Johannesburg. I get a different situation, I get a different reply. And then I decide, let me go back home to the Eastern Cape. I go to Umtata. I get Isangoma in Umtata. Isangoma give me something totally different. Which of these three different interpretations of my situations and guidance do I follow? Umoya wako should guide you. knows nothing. I'm ignorant. I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm ignorant. Umoya wako should guide you. Uh, but any that uh, you must know, the root of the problem yako could have uh, so many different ages for for you to be able to fix it. If in the Moshagala or it was messed up, lay mover. You have to start there. That How do I know, Mkulu? That's my question. How do I know yes. where? Because all these three Sangomas will give me three different answers. And yes. the reason why I you go to Isangoma is because I don't know. Yes, you then need to sit down with your family and Ay, say, bo. this is what has actually, you know, this is the information I collected. What do you make sense of this? Maybe one of uh, your, your grandfather or whatever, Umanume, will be able to say, Which I know this one. Maybe your mother Azange So I know that one. So but that's the reason why Kutwamkulu we we decide Magtatuin Tonga Kuyuemduin. When we say we're going to decide we're going to take our sticks and we go to somebody who knows better, it is because we don't. And that's what I'm trying yes. to establish, Mkulu. <laughs> how, yes, how do we, we how do we go to somebody who knows and, and then we expect the family to decide? No, no, no. Yes. Remember Uguti. It, it also depends which we are going to find when intention zama or we are about to look for solutions. Yes, when we go there to look for solutions. Yeah. Every time, we let us situation and go to another one. This is what you do, Val. Before you make an informed decision, you can't okay. just go to one in young. Then okay. you say, I'm complete. You need okay. to go to two or three so that you tell the party and make an informed decision on how you move forward. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Mkulu. Um, Sheikh, your concluding remarks, I'm going to give you two minutes and then I'll give the pastor and then we wind this conversation down. Uh, no, my final word would be that, uh, you know, whatever we do, uh, in regards to that, uh, I will base my belief in terms of those people who say they believe in their instinct, uh, based on the fact that uh, there have been prophets that have been sent, but also the prophets have tried to live accordingly to show us the guideways yeah. that will bring us back to the Creator. Now, with the prophets not being around anymore, so there had to be a manual that we have to follow in order for us to be back in the straight path. Without that, it cannot be something out of gesture and something out of assumption. Uh, I cannot be supporting that. I believe that anything that comes from gesture or without any support of that which is written, which leads you back to the Creator, it is something that has been conspired by the devil. That's all. I, I, I just had one question since you did not use all your two minutes, Sheikh. Uh, why did Allah 
give a final prophet did did allah not contravene and contradict his own text to say all people were have been given a prophet for their eras i mean why would there be a final prophet muhammad what about uh, us now uh, in 2023 we don't have any prophets okay uh, if you look at the historically when prophet muhammad came yeah uh, we as muslims believe that he is the one that has been prophesied about to becoming uh, last and uh, when he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he tells us about 124,000 prophets, it was prior, it was including Muhammad, but not, no one beyond him. Because now, uh, according to Islam, uh, Prophet Muhammad, as he came, even the revelation that was given to him took 23 years because why the Arabian people at the time were the people who have actually lost the way because it's not that they didn't believe before. They did believe before, for the mere fact that Abraham was the one who has put up the first holy house to be worshipping God on where it is in Saudi Arabia. It shows there were people of belief. But when they didn't have a scripture, started following Gesture, then they lost belief, and then they went back to idolatry. So Prophet Muhammad came to cleanse once more his people out of that idolatry. Back to the yeah, I'm talking about now, now, Sheikh. Why, why do we not have a prophet for now? Since we are now back into all this matter of confusion, why did Allah not send uh, 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 a prophet to this generation? Because we have scriptures in front of us that are a guide. And <laughs> there's no need for a prophet to come. Okay, all right. All right, even though those scriptures are written in Arabic for those who are... Uh, who are inclined that you need to first understand Arabic and if you Hebrew, you, know what you need to understand Hebrew. That, don't run, don't run. Yeah. And the reason for that was if you look at within uh, I'm going to sound biased, but I have to say it. Okay, go on. Christianity came from uh, the Jews. It went to Greeks, it went to Romans, it did a tic-tac around. So in the process you lost the, some of the scriptures were omitted, some were deleted in order to suit the people who were ruling Christianity at the time. That when the Quran came, Allah wanted to protect it because of what has transpired before Islam. Hence, we had to learn it in its original language first before taking it to our language. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, Pastor, uh, go ahead, your closing remarks. Yes, sir. Um, I think I would, I would like to just close off by saying uh, scripture is profitable it's beneficial it's good for us uh, scripture um, gives us teachings gives us corrections gives us instructions in righteousness if we want moral standards scripture is moral standards if we want to be educated in this faith journey we are on then scripture is very profitable when it comes to when it comes to that we cannot expect to succeed in our walk of faith without scripture so the text is needed for any religion thank all you. right thank you very much uh, to all of my guests i really really appreciate your insights pastor treasure and of the seventh day Adventist church thank you uh sheikh yusuf bossman thank you he's in kiwajibstown and also mkulu ntsingiza thank you it's now 15 minutes now after 8. We take a break and come back. Uh, just a breather. And then we talk to Michael Swain for South Africa is bringing something to our attention that needs our attention. And that is what is going to happen if, our, if the hate speech bill becomes an act. You're still listening to Facts of Faith.